Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast, and today I am excited because we have an amazing guest. You're going to learn and hear stories about from a plumber, business owner with over 40 years experience. You will learn the benefits of this profession, the opportunities, and what it takes to be a successful plumber. My guest today is from New York City. He's a licensed master plumber and home improvement contractor. He grew up in Brooklyn, New York and moved to Staten Island in 1977, and this is where he currently lives. My guest attended William Grady Vocational Technical High School. He started his profession as a youth, working with his dad as a helper, after his dad, who is also a plumber, so he's a second-generation plumber. And after his discharge from the U.S. Army in 1971, he started working with his dad. In 1978, he acquired his master plumbing license and started his own plumbing company. And in 2004, he sold that company to his employees and took a two-year vacation, which tells you that plumbing does pay well. And in 2012, he got back into the business as a boutique shop, one-man show. And during his free time, he enjoys playing the drums. My guest today, please welcome Robert Sessa. Thank you very much, Keith. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Hey, Bob, tell us about, you know, I've been watching the news. I'm sure you have. We're seeing a lot of problems in Texas with a lot of pipes being broken. And there's now a massive need for plumbers. What are you seeing? Are you seeing that affecting? I know you're all the way up in New York. What are you seeing? Are you seeing a lot of people now going down to Texas? Are you seeing more people start to go into the plumbing industry? Well, well actually, I, I had, I had uh, watched the YouTube video a couple of days ago of another YouTuber and uh, you know who's in Texas. And he, uh, you said that the governor there... They're asking for people from other states, other plumbers to come down. They're in desperate need because the plumbers that are there now are so overwhelmed with what's going on that they're, uh, you know, they're taking applications for guys to come down to see if they're qualified and go down there and actually do work because they're in a, in a pickle down there. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in Texas and there's, uh, you know, uh, opportunity, I guess, if you want to travel and uh, and get your, your, your hands dirty down in Texas. Yeah. And I would imagine that there's probably premium pay for that because anytime supply and demand, Supply and demand. It's absolutely true. I mean, you you got to understand something. These people have never experienced anything like this. You know, you know the weather down there is is kind of an everyday occurrence here in New York, and uh, those people were just shocked when uh, you know they lost their electric and the snow fell. I mean, snow in Texas. I was like, snow in Texas. I don't. I didn't even know that could happen, but uh, apparently it did, and a lot of frozen pipes, etc. Yeah. Hey, Bob. I heard a story, I was watching one of your YouTube videos, and I heard a story about how, you know, you served in the military, and because of your skill set, you were able to avoid going to Vietnam and got stationed stateside. Can you, can you share that story, please? Well, well, I actually, when I, when I, I got inducted, let's see, I graduated high school in 1969, May of 1970, I was drafted into the United States Army, you know, at that time, the Vietnam War was taking place, and, you know, after basic training, they ask you, well, what would you like? to do in the army, you know, once you get, you, you get out of basic training. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'm a plumber. Uh, I, I was being told that uh, doesn't make a difference what you tell them. You're going to go straight to Vietnam. Well, as luck would have it, w- when I 
finish my basic training. My job came down as a plumber and I was sent off to Colorado to join a construction unit, which consisted of plumbers, electricians, carpenters, etc. And that's where I was stationed, you know, working as a plumber until I had eight months left in the service. And all of a sudden I get orders to go to Vietnam. And uh, I looked at my job description on those orders and it was different than what my actual job description was which was a plumber. And uh, I got shipped off, uh, gave, uh, got 30 days leave to spend with my family, uh, flew on a plane into Oakland, California. When I got there, they were processing people, you know, 24 hours a day. And uh, when I presented my orders to the the, the, the people there, uh, they looked and saw that I only had eight months left in the service to go. And they said that the minimum tour in Vietnam was was one year. So they said, you're going right back where you came from. And they gave me seven more days leave and sent me back to Colorado. And that's where I, uh, you know, spent the rest of my time. So, you know, being a plumber, I, I guess kind of, well, actually having only eight months left in the service is what got me out of going overseas. But uh, I did I did spend my time in the service as a plumber. Excellent. Excellent. So you see, even in the military, there's definitely uh, a value for skilled workers who do plumbing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I still to this day couldn't figure out what, I, well, actually my job, I looked at my orders and I, and I showed one of my buddies uh, the job description on my orders. And I said, what's this? This is not a plumber. And, and he looked at me, he goes, that's a combat engineer. And I, <laughs> I said, what's a combat engineer? He goes, oh, you got to clear out the jungle. Infantry. Said, Whoa, man, <laughs> this is going to be a one-way trip. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, combat engineers are pretty, that's a pretty tough, that's a challenging job. I have a military background and a combat engineer does great they clear out the booby traps and things like that. It's exactly right. And I said, wow, this is going to be a one-way trip, man. And as luck would have it, uh, you know, uh, I guess somebody was watching over me. And uh, like I said, I only had eight months left to finish my, you know, my, my time in the service. And uh, the sergeant told me, you're going back where you came from. That's nice. I'll tell you, um, you know, just with all of us knowing the history of Vietnam, the, you know, you were definitely better off stateside. <laughs> I saw I saw the, the next morning when I woke up, I, I got assigned uh, KP duty that night. And the next when I woke up, I saw, um, you know, people or, or guys being processed and, you know, the jungle fatigues, the jungle boots, the shots and, you know, who was going to Thailand, who was going to Vietnam, who was and I, and I just thank my lucky stars that I, you know, I happened to, you know. Uh, I, I was lucky. I mean, it came down to being lucky. Definitely. Uh, Bob, tell us about, like, I know that, you know, we have a skilled trade shortage and not a lot of people working in the skilled trades. And I know one of the reasons why you sold your company was it's hard finding people. It's a lot of work to, to, to manage a company and manage people. Can you share any advice you would give for people who are companies who are struggling to find people, to find talent you know what 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 advice would you give businesses now you, you know it, it, back, back in the day I, and, and it's true that the reason i sold my company is that i had such a hard time you know and i was growing i had three trucks plus myself because i was a i was a, a working boss i wasn't a guy that sit in the office all day so you know running around checking on my, my three three uh vehicle company and but I needed more people. I, I mean I was running ragged and I, I started interviewing people and people would come in and tell me how great they were and then you know we we devised a kind of an aptitude test and they would come in and, and fill out 
this little questionnaire or, or try to pass this little aptitude test. And, and it was just, it was very saddening to see that, you know, although they said they had five years experience, two years experience, they, they really didn't know much. And I, and I saw myself as kind of, and then I was going to be a babysitter. But that being said, the answer to the question is in today's environment, if you're going to decide to be a business owner, I think, and what was told to me through all the trade organizations I belong to is you have to I kept hearing this. You have to grow your own. So basically, you know, if you get a good guy, a good person or a good girl that comes in, is conscientious, is on time and wants to learn, you got to train them. And you basically have to create an instruction manual for your company on on procedures on how things are going to roll. And that's ultimately how really you're going to get over this shortage in our industry, because you can go through people. I mean, guys will come in and you go through the interview process and then you hire them and then you find out shortly that it wasn't quite a fit or they didn't like you or, you know, they weren't doing what they you thought they were going to do. And and then and it's a lot of turnover. Turnover is money. Turnover is, you know, money and time. And it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation. Um, if you're in the union, if you're a union plumber, you know, they have an apprenticeship program where, you know, They'll send you to, uh, it's basically like a five-year, it's a five-year time frame. And either way, whether you're in the union or, or whether you're going to work for a private company, really, it's five years. I, I, you, I don't care which way you twist and turn. It's going to take five years for you to become proficient at what you do. And, you know, with a union job, you know, they'll place you, uh, you know, and hopefully you'll be on a job where you can work for a great number of years without being furloughed. Private companies, it's going to be a little a little tougher, but I can tell you private companies are starving for people. And if you're conscientious and you're good and you have a willingness to learn, I mean, you'll get scooped up in a minute. There, are, there, there is there is such competition for good people. I mean, local contractors around here. You'll see on the back of their vehicles, they have you know permanent uh, print, printing on the back of their trucks. We are hiring. We are hiring now. You go into supply houses. You see all the companies. You know uh, we're hiring. Come in to see us. So I mean, you got to be a conscientious person who's who's not afraid of hard work, and uh, you know. You'll get a job. You'll get a job. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, I've I've spoken to some business owners. I'm not sure if it's the same in New York, but down here, I'm seeing companies that are hiring young people and allowing them to be helpers, paying them twelve to fifteen dollars an hour, and then paying for their for them to get their license. That's right. I was, like, I was unheard of back in the day. That's right. That's right. You'll start out at fifteen dollars an hour here. I mean, and you know, again, if you're good and you're conscientious, I mean, you can you'll work your way up to twenty five bucks in no time. Oh yeah. And, you know, um, I mean, fifty dollars an hour is not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, okay, but you you know, you're gonna work. Don't get me wrong. Oh yes. You're gonna work, but uh, you know, listen, it's better than working in. Uh, you know, retail, <laughs> retail, or, or or the fast food industry. Oh yeah, it pays a lot more. It pays, too. <laughs> it pays a heck of a lot more, and uh, yeah, you know, you also have to learn to take care of your body because this is a trade where you know it's very physical, and uh, you will I wear out at some point. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny. You know, I, I talk to some people, and I see companies where they they brag about, oh, we have people with thirty years experience and forty years experience. We have a lot of experience. We're staffed up. And in my head, I'm like, I'm seeing guys who might be in their 50s and 60s. I don't know how much longer they're going to work because personally, I don't see a lot of 70-year-old plumbers, 70 and 80-year-old plumbers showing up at my door. Now, I'm sure there is, but you know, there's only so long that somebody could do that, I would say, on a full-time 
40 hour day in, day out, at a certain point, somebody's going to say, hey, you know, it is enough. So we do need more younger people going into the trade because I, I think some of those people are going to retire at some point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and just just for the record, you're talking to a 70 year old plumber. You're right. <laughs> I was careful. I said, you know, I said not a lot, right? So I, I do no, no, recognize no, that's, that. That's cool. That's cool. No, listen, no, I mean, listen, I do that. Listen, I'm my own boss. Yes. I, I, I take the jobs that that I want. Uh, you know, I, I don't do any large scale stuff anymore, obviously. I mean, because A, I don't want to, and B, I probably physically can't. Sure. Although I'm in good shape, uh, you, know, I, you know, I did enough of that. I paid my dues, so to speak. Definitely, definitely. And and you know what? You you enjoy the work and I think you probably work smarter rather than harder because there are things that you probably just know how to figure out that maybe somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience wouldn't wouldn't be able to figure I out. I always do work smarter. I mean, I, I, I would watch guys, you know, try to Especially when we were installing boilers or locking heavy stuff, heavy stuff into people's homes, they would they would like rally and grab the stuff and just push. It. And I'd say, I said, listen, relax, calm down. Let's let's look at this thing. Relax. We can get this thing. And you don't have to. You're killing yourself. Why are you killing yourself? Let's do this. You know, the body only has so long to work. So let's save the body. Let's not kill ourselves. And uh, you know, you got You're right. You got You got to think with your head. You don't think with your back. Yeah. Um, Curious. I know that you have a YouTube channel and um, I'm kind of curious. Can you share how you made it? I, I mean, this is how I learned about you. How did you make it such a great resource? I mean, it's informative and it's entertaining. And I think part of it is actually your personality. But a lot of people don't embrace technology, especially some folks who are a little who are older. I agree. How did you make this thing so engaging and just a great? You know, you know that was kind of a fluke. I, I actually went to uh, I went to an information marketing seminar. Oh God, a long time ago. It's prior to uh, probably in 2012. Okay, and through that experience i you know there were, there were people from all walks of life and all different careers who who actually joined up for this little 3 day you know seminar thing and i met but to me he was a kid back then i was like the, uh, i i guess i was i don't know how old he was but the, but my my friend ermel was uh, like 38 years old and he is a guy from the uk and we just hooked up and took a liking to one another and he's a tech guy you mm-hmm. know he's a computer savvy tech guy and we became friends and and after that 3 day hiatus we kept in touch and you know through skype and we would skype each other weekly we still skype each other two to three times a week he taught me you know a lot of the technical aspect that he and he was the one who says why don't you start a youtube channel and i was like oh, i don't know if i could do that he goes don't worry about it he says i'm gonna hook you up and he he taught me right. literally you know this is what you do you get the camera you get the microphone you get the lighting and this is how you do things and this is how you integrate so i started the youtube channel basically as a you know a hobby I guess, if you will. And uh, I did it for a while and I wasn't taking it too seriously because, you know, I was still working back in 2012 a lot more than I'm working now. But about in 2017, I said, I got to start to take this thing seriously. So I started ramping up my gear. I started getting better camera, better microphone, better lighting and and starting to basically help people kind of showing them simple little repairs because, listen, I grew up in the in the service sector of the business. 
we fixed toilets, we fixed leaks, we, you know, we installed faucets, et cetera, et cetera. You know, little things, but but that that business no longer really exists. It kind of went the route of the handyman, you know, because listen, if you want to pay a, a legitimate plumber to come into your home, I mean, there are costs involved with running a company. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, people started to see the numbers go up to install a faucet or install a toilet. Oh, I can get that product at, at the good old, you know, home goods store uh, for a lot less. Why is it so much money? So they started calling handymen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so I said, you know what? Let me show people how to do it themselves. And that's how I got into the YouTube thing. And I started making videos, you know, how to fix your own toilets, how to install your faucets. And uh, recently I started shooting videos of uh, of myself in the field, you know, on the job actually, uh, uh tutorials of me performing tasks and they seem yes. to have gotten a lot of uh, a lot of response people like to see people in the field doing, doing work you know which which i was kind of flabbergasted about no it's just fascinating because people are not used to seeing that so it, it i think especially for young people you know they get to see what it's really like because a lot of jobs that especially for young people, they don't know what they're getting into. And I think it's so important for people to know if they're going into a job, they should know what to expect. Because if you go in and the expectation is not what you expected, probably not going to work out. Well, a lot, it's true what you say, because a lot of people watch my videos and I'll, I'll see down in the comments down below. And, you know, I think I'm going to call a pro. This is a little over my head, you know, when they actually see what's got to get involved. Yes. I will say one thing, too. I've gotten a lot of uh, inquiries for me to go way beyond my service area from people who see my videos. From So from a standpoint of marketing, it, it's, you know, if you have an active company and you're looking to market your business, I think YouTube is a, is a great resource. I agree 100%. I've seen companies who have definitely benefited from it. The market right now, the way it works, you know, I I grew up at a time, and I'm sure you can remember when the yellow pages were. Absolutely. You know, you remember that. I remember that. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, and that's just not relevant anymore. You you have to be online, you know. You have to be online. You have to be, uh, I mean, minimally, you have to have a, you know, website. Uh, You know, you know, back in the day, I had a website. I had a full, I had a full-time company, marketing company, servicing the website. You know, I I mean, way back when, I mean, Facebook wasn't such a big thing as it is now. Facebook, Twitter, and all that good stuff. But I had a, a company that was doing the website and constantly updating the content on the website and, you know, we were creating blogs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I I don't have that kind of a website any longer only because I can't, I mean, it's just me. I can't, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do the work, you know, the work that would come in if I was, uh, had a full service type of website up. But yeah, I mean, technology, I mean, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, 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 there you go. Reddit. There's another one. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, but, uh, People, people's eyes are on all those platforms. Yep. That's how people find you. That's, you know what? Find you. It's amazing to me. How do we get business owners and plumbers to embrace technology and social media? Because I think you're an exception. I mean, there are definitely a lot of people who do, but there are a lot of people, and I'm sure there are people who you know in your age group, you know, who, who just, they're not buying into it. I, I embrace, listen, from the first website I ever like got involved with, you know, I, I spoke to a marketing firm and they kind of like, piqued my interest. And I said, yeah, this is going to be great. And at that time, it was, I mean, it was costing me a lot of money a month, you know, to have my website created and serviced. But uh, listen, if the principles of the company are, you know, older or guys like my age, 
although hopefully you're retired, but if you're my age, but, you know, get your children to help you seek out, you know, seek out young people who can come in and, and kind of give you a little education on what's going on, because this is where it's at. Uh, it's it's no more yellow pages. God. Oh, yeah, definitely. The yellow pages. Uh, oh, God, you bring back memories of the yellow pages. You, <laughs> everybody would scramble to get, that, you know, that they, to be on the first page or whatever page it was, full page ads, and left, right side, up. Down. I was crazy. But uh, yeah, I think I mean, I'm in that in between stage. I'm old enough to remember that. And yet I think we're in a good position in that we've seen the change. I mean, you obviously you have a little bit more experience than I do, but you know, we know what it was like before. So we can really appreciate the advantages of technology today. Like I can appreciate it because I remember having a cold call and use yellow pages. You know, I came up in the mid to late nineties, so I can remember those days. So now I see technology as it makes things easier. That's, I just, I appreciate it more because I remember how much harder it was back in the day. And so I'm just surprised when people who are, you know, in my age group, you know, in their late forties who are like, who can't embrace the technology. And then even people who are older, I'm like, you don't remember how hard it was back then. It was, like, it was literally impossible. I mean, I, I love, I mean, I'm one, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times in a day my, I'll get messages from people that, hey, you know, I got a leaky toilet, XYZ gave me your number, could you come down to my, and I'm like looking at this, like, I don't even know who this is from, like, but I'm getting yeah. messages from potential clients, you know, and I love messaging. I got to tell you, I love messaging people. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you know, you know, rather than even calling them up, you message them, you hook it up, you make the appointment, boom, it's done. I mean, God, it, you got It's. I think when you understand how to use technology with still the old school methods, because I'm still a firm believer in shaking hands and building relationships, because yeah. that's that's kind of how I came up. Well, that's true. You combine those two, you're in a good spot. That, that, that's true. I mean, ultimately, face to face is 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 actually king. You know. They say oh, yeah. issues king, but you know, one-on-one -on -one contact is king. Definitely, you know, definitely, definitely. And, and you guys are a service-based industry, the plumbing industry. I've talked to business owners, and one of the things they keep telling me is they say, you know what, we can teach you the plumbing, but we want you to have the service. I'm sending you into somebody's home. You have to be able to speak to people, be honest, and not take advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. So, you have to have people skills. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 you know, and a lot of guys, you'd be surprised. A lot of guys don't want to do that. They just, I just want to do my job. No, you can't do that anymore. You know what? Then you know what? You can't work here. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have to be, you have to be personable. You have to be able to talk to people. You have to listen. You have to listen to people. Yes. You to, yes. You have to listen to what they're telling you because through listening to what they tell you, you can almost diagnose their issue right there on the spot without, without having to go and open up walls and break things. And so, you know. But that's lacking. I hate to say it. That's lacking. Communication yeah. skills are lacking in today's uh, potential service technicians. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that is so critical to people's business because that person represents your company. If they go in and do a shoddy job, you you know, if you lose a customer. Listen, I've, I've been through, I mean, I show you, I think I send you a list of my, you know, yes, about my credentials and these yes. organizations I belong to. And I would go to these things and, you know, you, you'd go to three days or a week and you'd come back to the shop all pumped up about, you know, I'm going to come back. I'm going to institute all this stuff. Listen, you can have all the systems in place. You can have all the processes in place unless that guy, when he steps into that customer's houses, performs means nothing. I mean, yes. you, you know, he, you know, the customer is the stage, their home is the stage and he's got to go in uh. and he's got to perform. And if he doesn't perform, all the other stuff doesn't count. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't count. I agree. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's frustrating. Yeah. So one thing I also found, you know, as an outsider, 
you know, I, I, I didn't work in the skill trades and the work I do is to promote the skill trades. And I found it challenging because, you know, I, I try and reach out to people to do this, these podcasts and do day in the life interviews. And also sometimes to connect young people to a more experienced uh, skill trades person. It seems like it's a challenge as an outsider to connect in this industry. And I'm wondering why that is, you know, Listen, plumbers, plumbers are a very quirky <laughs> type of, of industry. First of all, most of them, most small companies, the owners are out working. They work, sure. you know, they, they, I don't have time to talk to people, you know, sure. they, they may have a secretary or an office manager and, you know, you can attempt to, you know, email them. You could attempt to to call them. Most times they're probably not going to return your call. They just it's a quirky thing. I mean, a, a lot of the times what I would find when I would go to these uh these uh, me- meetings of these organizations, you know, a lot of like marketing companies, people that sold plumbing supplies, people that wanted to get this, they, they would join these organizations mm-hmm. effort to get their foot in the door. So they would pay whatever annual fee it was to, to be a member of the organization. So they ultimately could meet with these plumbers when they would have these three day seminars, four day seminars. And, and, and that's how they would hook up. But you know, it's tough. You know, you have to be persistent. Basically, I, if you're persistent, Yes. You know, a guy keeps bugging me. I'm gonna he's gonna get my attention. And and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call him back just to tell him, stop calling me. So yes. that's one way to get somebody to to, yeah. to react. I, yeah, I found that to, to be somewhat effective. And then sometimes, you know, what I do is try and offer value because one of the things that some people are starting to get is that, you know. As my podcast grows and they yep. see that I have an audience, this is free marketing for you. If you're online, then you should understand there's a value to people knowing about your company. And, you know, and I, I, I literally, as one of my podcast questions, I'll ask what makes your company a great place to work? You, you know, that that is a gimme. You should be all over that. You know, Absolutely. And um, I'm going to promote your company on all my platforms. So to me, it's almost like a no brainer. You know, unfortunately, it's it's they don't think that way. Plumbers don't think that way. I mean, we 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 were so in tune. They're so in tune to fixing that thing that they 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 lose sight of the fact that again, you have to be able to communicate with people. You have to be able to talk to people. You have to address their concerns, and and you have to be a mother and a father and a, and a therapist and and all that good stuff. You know, it's not it's not always about fixing the thing. Definitely, you know? definitely. You know? How do you think we can get more young people now to pursue a career as a plumber? Because everybody's pushing college, and plumbers get paid well, especially as a young person just getting started. How do we get these young people to do to do this job? You know, I I don't know. That's a that's a hard question. Uh, you know, I looked at that question and I said, wow. You know how? Uh, you know, so listen. Some people, some people are just you know not college bound and they're great with their hands and and they just I guess. I, I don't know. You know what? That's a question I can't answer. I don't know how you get people to do it. You know, a lot of young people will come in and, and see what I do or what the business does. And you come in, you take them and they, they get turned off right away. Oh, this is dirty. I don't want to get dirty. I, you know, I, I just, I don't want to do this type of stuff. So it, it's kind of hard to, I, I don't know, Keith, that's a hard question. I don't know how you entice people uh, other than with the fact that they can make a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which we should speak for itself. Oh, yeah. yeah. I also think you get treated better from the fact that anytime, I think anytime you work a job where it's harder to replace you, the person who you're working for is going to be careful how they treat you. Not saying you're just guaranteed to be treated well, but I'm sure plumbers working in an industry where there's a shortage of people are treated a lot better than, say, if they're working 
in a fast food restaurant where you can easily be replaced. That is a true statement, but I can tell you, unfortunately, they don't do that. And and then they complain when these great employees jump ship to go work for another company. And, and, you know, I mean, I I, I speak to other people and, you know, oh, he just left me. He was with me for X amount of years. And I said, well, you know, what's the story? I have people calling me all the time asking me, and I know a lot of the guys that work for these plumbing companies and they are geniuses, genius technicians. And, uh, I'll get a phone call from an owner saying, you know, uh, XYZ just called me up and he asked me for a pay raise of X amount of dollars. What should I do? I said, give it to me. Give it to me. (laughs) And, you know, their reaction would be, really? I go, give it to him. Plus, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. They lose lose sight of the fact that, uh, you know, they're a precious commodity and you can't replace them easily. You just. Yeah. replace them. Yeah. You know, a, a couple extra dollars to not have to find somebody new, oh. take the time to have to find somebody, have to train them and bring them up to the same level as that person. It's, the cheapest not worth it. it's the cheapest insurance you can buy. Yes, I agree. hundred percent. hundred percent. So a- any advice for young people who are just entering the profession, any advice that you could share? Oh, God, you know what? I mean, if you really want to get into the business, I mean, and, and it depends, again, what type of plumber do you want to be? Sure. You want to work in new construction. You want to work on, uh, you know, big skyscraper buildings. And then that that's maybe you want to look to the union, going into the union apprenticeship program and, you know, completing that. And then you'll, you'll, you'll get put in an environment where, you know, you're in new construction or you're in, you know, big buildings. If you want to do service, if, you, if you're a people person and you want to do service work, you know, I would, you know, pound the pavement, like you said, knock on doors. This is my name. This is who I am. I would love to come, you know, uh, work for your company. And uh, and that's, that's the way you're going to do it. You're going to have to get out there. Again, you want to work in service. Do you want to deal with customers? Do you want to deal with people? Well, you just want to go and do your job and not be bothered with people. So that's the union route. Or you could even get a job with the city. The city of New York mm-hmm. has a great uh, program where you can uh, be a plumber for the city. Definitely. But if you like people and you love solving problems for people, then, you know, the service sector is uh, is the way to go. Well said, well said. Well said. Well said. How are you enjoying, you know, you've worked for a number of years. Now you're doing a boutique shop. You you know, you you work when you want to work. How are you enjoying this stage of your career? I'm enjoying it quite nicely, actually. I mean, I've been fortunate. uh, You know, I I worked hard. I I actually acquired this building that I'm in. I have a commercial building that I own. uh, And, uh, you know, so it's allowed me and I have rental, you know, coming in from, from the property. And, you know, I also, I love making the videos. And so, you know, I make videos, I go out and do work when I want to do work. Uh, you know, my, my, my two daughters are grown and gone. Uh, you know, my wife still works. My wife's a school teacher. So, wow. you know, we're, we're uh, but we're looking, I think this year to, to finally uh, say, you know what, it's time to, it's time to maybe pack it in. But uh, right now I'm still here and uh, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, it's been a long journey. I can tell you that it's been a long, long time. Definitely. And Bob, maybe you could shed some some advice on this. I've always felt that as you get older, if you get to do what you enjoy, it's not like work. It's just something you enjoy doing and you don't really have to count the days or the, the years. I also think you it's better for your health to be able to have purpose in life. Can you shed some light on that just as somebody who's a little bit more down the road than me? I agree. I agree. A lot of people I still see, you know, colleagues of mine ask me, Bob, what are you great? How come you still work? I said, 
I said, first of all, it keeps me physically fit. It keeps my mind sharp. And actually, I want to stay on top of what's going on in the industry. I mean, stuff has changed since I came into this industry. I mean, just the materials and the tools that you use, you know, how I stayed in it for so long is beyond me because it was prehistoric when I started, you know? Sure. And as a kid, you know, I was like, oh, I got to do this the rest of my life. But it's it's become a rewarding career. Uh and I I don't really see myself as quitting 100%. Sure. Always going to be out doing things. Like yes. I said, you know, you got to keep the mind sharp. I agree. You keep the body in shape, period. 100%. You know, I, I think you're going to have great health and live longer than, you know, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm generalizing, but someone who's just sitting around doing nothing. I, I absolutely, I could never do that. I could never sit around doing nothing. And no, I couldn't I'm fortunate, I could. I'm fortunate that I'm even here at this age when I think about it. I got, I got Sure. I lost so many people in their young 50s. And then the fact that I hit 70 was like a milestone. Yeah. But I'm good. I'm good. I'm in good shape. I'm in great shape. And, you know, I'm just happy to be here. And uh, I'm happy that I wake up every day and I'm healthy. That's all that matters to me is, is my health. 100%. 100%. Bob, final question. Can you share one valuable lesson you've learned over the years that could help plumbers or just young people in general today? I would, I would say... Uh, the most valuable lesson I ever learned was to learn the business side of it. You know, you decide to go into business. The fact that you're a great technician or a great plumber or a great, you know, call it what you want to call it. You have to learn the business end of things because if you're not a profitable company, it all means nothing. And you can work and you can be busy and you can work 20 hours a day. But at some point in your life, the body's going to wear out. And if you don't, become profitable and put some of that profit away for a time down the line when you're eventually going to not be able to do this anymore, uh, it's not going to be a, a good outcome. So take business courses, learn about the business of plumbing, not only the trade of plumbing, the business of plumbing. You have to learn to, to get these things under your belt, especially if you're going to go into business for yourself. If you decide you're going to take that plunge, a lot of people, a lot of guys complain that, oh, my, they'll complain about their boss. Well, when you go into business for yourself, you got a lot of bosses. Your, oh, yes. your customers are your bosses and you have to answer to them. When they have a problem, mm -hmm. you have to go. Oh, yeah. Rain, shine, yep. you know, snow, you know, you know, the, the water heater goes out, the sink clogs, the sewer clogs, you're gonna get a phone call. Yeah. There's nobody else you can look to. It's it's squarely on you. It's buck squarely stops on with you. you. The buck stops with you. And uh, and uh, that's I. But I highly recommend learning learning taking some business courses on, on how to properly charge for your services. Excellent. Bob, thank you so much for your time. Bob, please share how people can find you. Uh, you can find me. You can go to robertsessaplumbing.com. That's all one word, R-O-B-E-R-T-S-E-S-S-A, plumbing.com. You could also go to facebook.com slash robertsessaplumbing or facebook.com slash Bob's Plumbing Videos. And you could also go to youtube.com slash Bob's, B-O-B-S, plumbingvideos.com. Excellent. And folks, it's going to be, we're going to actually have all that information in the notes of the podcast. Cool. cool. Bob, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. I'm so grateful and I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope I hope it went well. I came off well and, uh, and I appreciate you reaching out and asking me to do it. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast. 